Welcome to the Snake's Paw. This is Matthew. Today we've got a basic pitch for y'all. Andrew is going to be pitching us a Thanksgiving-themed idea. So let's see how this goes. And I think that's what Jean-Paul Sartre meant when he said the agony of existentialism. (laughs) But that's not what you thought he meant last time. I know, but I'm allowed to evolve. (laughs) (laughs) Having read the more recent works of Jean-Paul Sartre, the latest off the presses. Oh, his his newest stuff is, he really sold out. That's right. Once he started directing Marvel movies, I really lost the thread. Yeah, (laughs) totally fell apart. Marvel into this. I'm sorry, we got way off track. Mafo, how's Spain? Oh, Spain is Spanish, mostly. <laughs> Still? Yeah, they speak a lot of it. Yeah, for uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Mafo lives in Spain these days, at least for now. Yeah, we are connecting across uh, many miles and a not insignificant number of time zones. So thanks for staying up, Mafo. Yeah. Well, the Marvel start was not totally inappropriate. So as uh, as y'all and I and everyone knows, multiverses or alternate universes are pretty hot. And I want to propose a movie not so much set in an alternate universe as a movie from an alternate universe. Okay. So uh, as we are recording, we are in the creep up to thanksgiving and i have to say that because of course all of these episodes are time capsules and people are going to be listening in like spring of 2092 so we are on the verge of thanksgiving in 2023 pretty presumptuous that we're gonna be (laughs) very optimistic we're gonna have fans listening in 2092 thank you mafo optimistic (laughs) is the word i was thinking of too right right optimistic They're going to be studying us in art classes in 2092. Look, we have to speak to the breadth of our audience, not just the ones who know what day it is. And for that matter, not just the ones in the United States, because Thanksgiving is a very American holiday. Oh, yeah, you're right. Are you having Uh, to explain Thanksgiving to people, Mafo? It hasn't come up. We did have to. (laughs) uh, I will say we had a Halloween party while we were here. And while the Spaniards do know what Halloween is, they don't really celebrate it or they've only started celebrating it very recently it's like oh this is in movies this looks fun and in the past like 10 to 15 years apparently it's become more of a thing mostly with kids trick-or-treating and things like that well this is this is actually kind of an incredible in on what i wanted to share with y'all because (laughs) the very fact that like of american holidays halloween has an easy means of export via movies and I was reflecting about how, like, it's kind of weird that Thanksgiving movies aren't a thing. And I don't watch a lot of movies, as y'all know, so I had to go do some looking. And I was looking for lists of Thanksgiving movies online. And I found some, but there's a lot in there that's (laughs) like, well, this has a Thanksgiving scene. And then there's other ones that are like, okay, this isn't a Thanksgiving movie at all, but hear me out. And then there's (laughs) a few that are basically either a Christmas movie that wanted to release early. So they do the wholesome family <laughs> thing in November. Or, of course, right now you have the the prominent example of the movie called Thanksgiving, 
which is I a was, horror movie. I was wondering if you, <laughs> if I had to be the one to break that to you, that right now in theaters, there's a movie called Thanksgiving, but it is very, Thanksgiving began as a, a, a fake trailer. <laughs> uh, it was a movie within a movie. It was one of those like Tarantino verse sort of things where like in this universe, they have a movie that is this and um, of the different previews they also this is where machete came from the movie with danny trejo uh we're like wouldn't it be ridiculous if there was this over-the-top movie and then machete actually made bank i think i don't know i'm not gonna fact check that it got made and one of the other something it did get made it had a sequel even so thanksgiving the movie is like one data point in the kind of overall thing basically what we're saying is doing a web search and now having conversation with my friends here did exactly what web searches and conversations with friends tend to do, which is confirm what I already believed, which is that (laughs) (laughs) obviously like in the, uh, in the sibling world of these three holidays that come in close sequence, Thanksgiving is the awkward middle child. You have big sister Christmas, who's like very much the overachiever. (laughs) that everyone loves. And then you have like little brother Halloween, who's an individualist and kooky and like marches to the beat of his own drum. And then you have this very vague holiday in the middle, particularly where potential movie making is concerned. So what I want to imagine is in a world where anyone gives a shit about Thanksgiving, (laughs) one, what is the alternate universe where people would make Thanksgiving movies? How's it different from ours? Two, what would be the tropes of Thanksgiving movies in that world? And three, if we really feel like going for bonus points, maybe we come up with not the first Thanksgiving movie in this universe, but like the zillionth Thanksgiving movie (laughs) in that universe. So instead of like the the, uh, Tim Allen Santa Claus movies where they're on like whatever number they're on at this point. Yes, exactly. Yeah, We're talking about the sequel to the sequel to the sequel. Like what happens when it gets off the rails but still on the tropes oh my god this is a what deep you need. cut <laughs> wow okay because we're we're not even pitching a film that would exist in our universe we're pitching a whole <laughs> goddamn universe I yes and then a film if, within if it. you were to try to watch um <laughs> the fifth or sixth santa claus movie with no knowledge of how he became santa claus and oh, stuff like god, that could you piece surrealist. it together yeah i want it so like one, if y'all have starting points, I want to run with them. I have a couple ideas for where I, we could I only begin have if... one question. Great. Go for it. Christmas is the the holiday that has a mascot. Yeah. Um, oh, I am hands down like, OK, what do Christmas, Halloween and the Snake's Paw all have in common? Supernatural uh... intervention. So <laughs> I am so like. And here's me pot calling the kettle black, but like I, I know that you'd have to have like a being for this stuff. And Thanksgiving mm-hmm. Sam. <laughs> so the, <laughs> so ominous. <laughs> <laughs> so I basically like I think this Thanksgiving mascot is like a, a sort of a food golem. <laughs> that can like take pieces off of itself to feed people and it just sort of forever replenishes. This is yeah. a reference to a uh, a Russian play from around the turn into the 20th century 
But in this play called The Blue Bird, which is considered to be a Christmas play, there's a character whose name was just Bread. And he was just a guy who like, <laughs> could take slices of himself off and feed you with them, but he would just be whole again. And that was his whole thing. He was a one trick pony, but we well, could. That, kind I mean, of... That's a pretty big trick. <laughs> <laughs> yes. A pony could live a long time. I feel like that, he, that was literally one of Jesus's miracles was like, I just yeah. keep cutting pieces off of this bread and they're still bread. Bread <laughs> and everyone. fish. So, eh, okay. I don't it know, was yeah. half of Jesus's yeah. miracle. <laughs> yeah. still. I know that um, Thanksgiving as a horror movie, like it's done. It's in theaters. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we didn't get there first, but everything you're describing here just sounds so much worse than the horror movie that's in theaters because <laughs> I'm picturing this Jabba the Hutt-esque creature, like a giant slug. Who's like, oh, I've got a cake growing out of my neck. <laughs> this is for you. <sighs> oh, there's a turkey coming off of my forehead. Who's this for? Is this a good little boy? Sure. Santa meets uh, Jabba with very useful tumors. I like it. Yeah. Oh, God. And he just keeps gr like when he's in your presence, if you're good or bad, he will produce food based on that. So if you're really bad, he's like, oh, Slim Jims. <laughs> Ding-dongs. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think of some kind of pun involving cornucopia. <laughs> and just nothing is coming to me. Yeah, we'll bookmark it. Or someone can really own us in the comments section. Like they usually do. <laughs> so one way that you would ever get this universe where anyone cared about Thanksgiving is for the origin story of Thanksgiving to have gone a little differently. So if this mm -hmm. sort of semi-mythic dinner between the pilgrims and the indigenous people of the region had been sort of more the beginning of quite a successful enterprise in pluralism. And if that were the case, I think there would probably be a, a naturally developing tradition of watching movies that were like alternate universe dystopias. Like you would watch movies where things <laughs> went really badly. Are so, you but, suggesting like a... Like right. our universe? <laughs> totally. In yeah. the universe of this, the movie within a movie is actually just us. us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, basically. Only, only <laughs> this kind of big food Kool-Aid man thing would have to kind of <laughs> bust through the fourth wall at the end and save the day. And I think at various points along the way, you would have to have little little nods to the audience experience because you're trying to create gratitude in them, of course, if you're making these movies. So in this alternate universe's version of The Sound of Music, at the end when they're hiding from the Nazis, like Julie Andrews would be speaking to the children saying, never fear, children, somewhere out there. Someone is just wrapping up a uh, a light but sustaining root vegetable salad and is about to move on to the main course. And we on the other side of the screen just feel you know, we're so grateful. Like we don't live in that universe where you have to hide <laughs> from Nazis. And then after she says that, of course, the food gullum guy comes <laughs> bursting through the wall of the Abbey and I don't know, feeds all the Nazis to the point of immobility and feeds the the von trapp family as well what would you uh what would you feed nazis if you were the, <laughs> the cornucopia goblin oh totally slim jims i guess in this totally case just, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking just, just like the... matzah and <laughs> gefilte fish and absolutely <laughs> oh god and all the audience is like yeah that's right thank goodness nazis never really existed good thing this is only in this dystopian alternate universe that's right that's right 
I love the idea of making a sequel to a movie that never existed, but I really love the idea to making a sequel to a sequel to a sequel to a movie that never existed because there's those moments in a movie where they're like, they reference something that happened before, like Jack Sparrow with the, why is the rum always gone? And it's like almost like a pause for the audience to laugh. And if the movie is just lousy with these moments, where like dad comes in and he's like, this time, I wore the blue pants. And then everyone's like, ah, ha, ha. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> like, what? Oh, you have to have a laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe even like a gasp track. I think what's even better is like at the very end of the movie, like you cut to the audience and you realize that this entire movie was filmed in front of a live studio audience. <laughs> and they're like, they were real the whole time. And eating the whole time. And yeah. eating the whole time. And they were being fed by the food cornucopia goblin. God, if it's all live on stage, one, someone actually has to like dress up as the food cornucopia goblin. Um, <laughs> two, God. Oh, are you in this year's Thanksgiving dystopia pageant? <laughs> in this universe, they not only have movies <laughs> that take place in our universe, but they have stage plays that take place in probably our universe as well. Totally. And they also have to watch theater that sounds like it's probably not very good <laughs> if it's just sort of sanctimonious morality plays all the time. Yeah, it's so. just like nonstop Hallmark movies. <laughs> So I'm Just so kitsch. glad you brought up Hallmark movies, Maffo, yeah. because I was thinking that this that was where you were going with this pitch when you brought it up. I thought you were <laughs> going to say, like, how about a a Hallmark movie where a woman learns the true meaning of Thanksgiving? Which and it's, it's in the name. So you, you don't have as much of a you can't tantalize the true meaning of Thanksgiving quite as much. But I do. You know, it, would, be... <laughs> it was about giving thanks all along. <laughs> <laughs> so there would be like a more Christmas leaning version. And the history kind of tees us up for that, too, because the, the pilgrims who were at, uh, you know, ostensibly this kind of proto Thanksgiving feast also really didn't like Christmas. They <laughs> banned Christmas in like the some of the early colonies and Puritans in general thought Christmas was like way too Catholic and way too pagan. So you can imagine a not too far down the hallway, like alternate America where Christmas just never took off as the American holiday. And if it's mm. under Puritan influence, well, ditto Halloween. So it could just be that by lack of other options, you don't even need to be in that different of a universe. Thanksgiving is just the kind of gravity well of celebrations, oh. in which case the tropes of one or the other or both all end up glomming on. For so many people, there's already like Thanksgiving is a, a Christmas light. But what if there is like some Halloween aspects that get sucked into the Thanksgiving celebration, mm. too, where like you dress up to fool the the pornocopia golem into thinking that you're. A, I don't know, something that they want to give more food to and then, <laughs> a starving person. <laughs> Yes, you you dress up as a skeleton and everyone has to dress up like it's Dia de los Muertos. And then the cornucopia demon's like, oh, you're clearly starving. Have some some flapjacks from my flapjack. Oh, oh God. And like, what if when the cornucopia golem finds out that you've been dressing up, he gets like really mad? <laughs> and like red hots start pouring from his pores. Oh, God. And you... It's like almost like a pinata. The kids have to run and like scoop up the candy that's fallen to the ground whenever the cornucopia golem gets angry. God. Yeah, you've got, to, you've got to fool the cornucopia golem. Isn't there some holiday where you're supposed to fool? Not, I mean, not April Fools. 
but you're (laughs) (laughs) deliberately trying to trick some. There's some holiday. I'm trying to think of like the ones I've heard of. And there's one where a person in a deer mask comes to your door. And if you can't like beat them in a, 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 a a song writing contest, they come in and drink your beer. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry. I have to look this up to just know that I didn't uh, fever dream this. Well, while you're hunting, I just want to reflect that like this holiday that is like Thanksgiving with elements of Halloween and Christmas thrown in sounds crazy stressful. Like you've got to (laughs) come up with a meal and a costume and decorate and have all your family over and probably have all your friends over all in the same period of time. You don't get anything split up at all, man. Maybe there's a tradition oh my gosh where... you guys are not gonna believe oh i'm sorry i interrupted you but i just got really excited <laughs> uh you go ahead okay you're not gonna believe this but i was right about everything there <laughs> and i'm going to add a link into this so you guys can tell me how to pronounce this character's name oh your guess is as good as mine uh... it's welsh uh is a wazzling oh, folk yeah. co- custom found in South Wales. The tradition entails the use of a hobby horse made from a horse's skull mounted on a pole. I'm just going to skip to the good part. Um, the men would carry the Mari Lulld to local houses th- where they would request entry through song. The householders would be expected to deny them entry again through song, and the two sides would continue their responses to one another in this manner. If the households eventually relented, the team would be permitted entry and given food and drink. So, yeah, let's incorporate that into our Thanksgiving movie. I like maybe in the Thanksgiving universe that this custom has evolved into just a straight rap battle. (laughs) Oh, the carolers are here. Lay down a sick beat. (laughs) I want to come in. Uh, I can't rap, obviously. (laughs) Maffo, you were saying something before? Yeah, well, well, I've been totally delightfully thrown by this horrific... (laughs) I mean, credit words do. Wikipedia, always the fourth host of this podcast on basic pitch days. Because, yeah, I've come across this tradition before and it had totally just kind of fallen into the weird, dark, cobwebby corners of my mind. But I really love the notion that our cornucopia golem is something that is as terrifying as this. And maybe, <laughs> maybe there we could have like a sort of a harvest winter juxtaposition here where the cornucopia golem comes and he's, you know, just oozing food and everyone, you know, is so happy and they're eating and they're taking off his like limbs and like chewing and they're so happy and joyous and they're eating his corn cob dick, and they're eating his <laughs> corn mashed potato stomach. And <laughs> oh my god, you know there are people who have Santa Claus fetishes. There would totally be oh people god. who had cornucopia gullum fetishes, and it would really dovetail nicely with you know your existing food fetishes out there. I think we're we're getting a glimpse into the porn dimension of this movie genre. Anyway, cornucopia. <laughs> there you go. There we go. There we did it. <laughs> I hate to say that's the first one I thought of, and then I never thought it would be appropriate, but here we are. <laughs> Voila. And But then what happens is you eat all of the golem, and so all that's left at the end is it's just like the, the skeleton. Skull. Yeah, it's just the skeleton uh-huh. of whatever creature or animal it is. And 
that, and then maybe you have to do something to like appease it and go back into the ground and like regrow. Oh, 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 of course. You've got the skeleton that's left. So then you carry the skeleton to the houses to rap battle. And once you win, you go inside and you feed the skeleton, the cornucopia <laughs> demon, your food and beer until he grows back a new layer of skin. And oh then, my God. then wiggles his nose and goes up the chimney. So <laughs> in the way, so like, there's kind of so Christmas movies a lot of times. So in Christmas, you have this giving receiving thing that is a really easy place to see tension like, oh, there's a short term gratification to receiving. But really, it's about the giving, which you kind of grow into and you learn to love. It seems like Thanksgiving being very much about like you're eating with your people has that same kind of tension. And you could so imagine movies leaning into like a Christmassy version where it's like, yeah, you're eating, but it's really about your people. But this is like the version where it's like, no, 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 it's about the eating. And just <laughs> these like long spectacles about gluttony and starvation <laughs> that are just, I mean, you want to talk about a genre from another universe. If I'm just going to put together uh, a scene from this movie Please. and just picture yourself watching this, uh, like you've been watching this movie that's just kind of a little off and a little weird and it's making all these references you don't get. And then suddenly you see... They sit down in front of like, oh, it's time to begin our our wonderful um, thanks chilling uh, movie. And they put it on and it's just it's you and your family sitting around like just very normal. And you're like, well, this is a scene from real life. And then they turn off the movie and like, what's that noise I hear? It's the cornucopia deer. And they go outside <laughs> and the, all the townspeople descend upon this poor goblin that's just shooting food off of its body and then they <laughs> rip his flesh off and the whole time you're hearing an audience laughing and cheering like this is normal this is normal and then they drag this corpse to you know the old curmudgeon's house on the hill who's like i don't believe in things chilling and <laughs> and then they're like rap battle and he loses and they go in and they eat all of his uh cans of porridge and then you know the the golem regrows and disappears and then again cut to the audience laughing <laughs> And then you see, like, the cornucopia demon will return in Avengers 5. <laughs> and the very opening of this is, like, oh, a woman God. with a very successful IT job, but somehow she's still lonely <laughs> in the city, coming back to her hometown and being like, you know, I don't know what it is I miss about this place. And then that whole thing then, happens. And, yeah, she's, and being, she's like, this was it. I'm going to quit my job as CEO of business.com. <laughs> I'm going to marry my ex-boyfriend who... Wears flannel uh, and, yeah, plays the almost lead. One day he'll be the lead in the yeah. annual gluttony pageant. That's <laughs> because she realizes that he was the one who was dragging the, the horse corpse to the curmudgeon's <laughs> door. Oh, God. I, I love it. So we can actually put our, like, food fetishism dimension of this holiday into a specific character. And it's this... Uh, <laughs> Finally, and it's this woman from the city who was we don't know what it was that she was hungry for, but <laughs> oh, my gosh, that's a scene from the trailer right there. She didn't know what she was hungry for. But then this Thanksgiving, Alice, this holiday is... season and everyone knows what you mean. If that's what this genre of movies looks like, then you'd also have to have like the children's version of this. That yes, you grow up I was with. just thinking that. <laughs> yeah, go there. Go there. So because I was thinking of because speaking of Christmas, for instance, Santa Claus is already a watered down version of St. Nicholas. 
who is like an actual historical figure. And then the Christmas movies are like an even further watered down, weirded out version of Santa Claus, who is weird enough on his own. And so you would have the equivalent of that happening here, where you start with this sort of harvest demon (laughs) or like sort of (laughs) pagan harvest god who gets kind of transformed into this modern day, somewhat sanitized, but not really. (laughs) Scapegoat meets provider meets prey meets promise of the renewal of spring. I don't know what all. He is a a food phoenix demon. (laughs) (laughs) Food phoenix. the naming of him, I think, is is the the thing that will likely wrap this up, and or the naming of the uh, Harry Platter and the Order of the Food <laughs> Phoenix. I was just thinking about how like it's a cliche in every uh, franchise that goes on long enough on television, especially cartoons, especially kids shows, that there is an episode where Blank saves Christmas. And just to see Fred Flintstone like this year, Fred Flintstone is the only one who can save Thanksgiving. Um, yes. And he does so. By, oh, my God. Oh, my he God. He has to dress up as the as the demon. But like and they the all like try is, to eat him. So yes. he's just like throwing food. And people actually like, OK, so Thanksgiving is fairly secular, but it would grow religious ultimately with this kind of ritual around long enough and you would have stories about like and that year there was no food so they had to do the gluttony pageant and either you know they all were just running around pretending to take bites but someone really got in the spirit and they just took a big old bite out of uncle timmy's arm and it grew right back a miracle happened and he was able to be the cornucopia food gullum because the you know the the gods of plenty and starvation were smiling on us god it gets more nightmarish by the second (laughs) (laughs) on that note i think we've discovered the true meaning of thanksgiving let's not even uh, bastardize it by saying what it is i actually i have to end this call and then go start making food for thanksgiving and uh this is going to be in my brain the entire time I'm eating it. I was just thinking, we talked before about having to like convince the cornucopia golem, the food phoenix, that you had to like lure it in. We talked about you know dressing up in costume the equivalent to Halloween, but what if people actually fasted? But this is a thing. This this is a thing, right? Isn't there like a some sort of uh, fasting for forty days and then feasting on some sort of Fat Tuesday? Am I making this up? <laughs> I mean, okay, next basic pitch. I am down to be like, what if there was such a thing as Mardi Gras movies? So let's bookmark that prospect. Thanks for listening. I hope you all enjoyed it. We've got some big things in the works. As we've announced earlier, we have a new season of Starship Mudskipper that we've been planning. We have also been developing some merchandise, which we should have ready in time for the holiday season, so you've got that to look forward to. And of course, if you haven't yet, be sure to follow us on Instagram at thesnakespaw. You can find us at our website, thesnakespaw.com, and like and subscribe. Y'all have a good one.